0: Hey y'all, this is Joe Tower, and here is a little treatise on some changes we're making at Tales of Male Folly to better reflect what we think y'all want, and also what the fuck is going on in the world around us. Tales of Male Folly will now alternate the lineups of its live shows with all-male and all-female performers, and I don't know, there may even be periods of time where we'll be predominantly or forever female. We choose to be on the right side of this goddamn revolution, guys. In addition, we're adding a bonus feature to our podcast. Each month, we'll release our usual two new storytelling episodes by two new storytellers recorded live at one of our past shows, but also we'll be including a third and an additional episode a one-on-one conversation between me and a past or current performer who, for whatever reason, needs a little more time at the mic. It'll be a discussion about individual and specific tales of folly, but also the role that both tales and folly play in all of our lives. What we have to deliver is good stories. Stories that offer a certain brand of shameful relatability. Shame around the choices we've made in our lives that aren't the proud, valiant, admirable choices, but rather the self-serving and stupid choices of the asshole, the idiot, the buffoon, of the simple-minded human who, in that particular moment, was just trying to get through, man. It doesn't matter who you are, you've all got a real good story about doing dumb shit. Not to rehash an old lament, but here is another Tales of Male Folly one-on-one that was a result of that technical gap from the show last year, our first ever all-female lineup wherein we lost the sound file that contained the recording. And in order to rectify it, my producer Brian and I asked all the ladies from the lineup if they'd sit down with me, Joe Tower, and talk about their story, but also other stories from their life, from their work, from LA, from love, et cetera, et cetera. And we're really, really sorry, and we feel so, so bad. So this episode is very, very special because not only was it the first one-on-one that we recorded, but it's also with the L.A. storytelling fairy godmother, as she puts it, Jessie Rosen. In addition to being a very dear friend of mine, Jessie is a super talented writer and storyteller, hostess of the famed and at one time exclusively female Sunday Night Sex Talks, and blog keeper of the now-put-to-rest 20-nothings, a blog she kept for 10 years that was featured in Forbes and Time Magazine as one of the top 25 blogs. So from Eagle Rock Brewery, where we did, in fact, have LA's best BLT. Here's our Tales of Male Folly one-on-one with Jesse Rosen. Do
1: you want a beer? Want I mean, beer? yeah,
0: I'm an, I'll have your, uh, let's see. I'm just going to have your Pilsner. All right,
1: cool. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, Raptor.
1: <laughs> yeah, You don't have any gluten-free beers for the cool kids, right? No, we have ciders
0: and stuff, that are, I think they're all pretty dry a, ciders. That's too.
1: OK. I think I'm just going to have a glass of rosé. Sparkling or regular? Well, regular. Well, regular. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I was going to say, actually share.
0: Yeah, let's share something.
1: Like, um, uh, trying to stay away from any gluten, which is so annoying. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you know yeah. what I might just do is have a little gem salad. Do it. Boring. What are you going to have? Will you have something? I mean, I
0: actually might... Even I the breakfast actually get
1: stuff. The BLT. I know, I would get it if I were you. It's really like, special. What have I got to lose? No, you only, this is a win. You can't lose with the BLT, even a bad one it's No, like, but this is a really is good one. The okay. bread is unreal. Hey!
0: Thanks! Thank for doing you, Bill. No, thank you. I'm to do it. And I'm sorry. I was
1: like, do I remember for this
0: story? Losing the recording. <laughs> I feel terrible, but
1: yeah, I feel like it's a. This is a different. It's actually very interesting. It's a different format.
0: Well, it's a good evolution, I think, yeah. for the podcast, and it gives me the opportunity to like talk about storytelling with you. Well, LA are LA, you it. the godmother of storytelling in LA?
1: Very mm, godmother. I think you. I, no, I'm not. not Michael uh, Leibman. Well, <laughs> I did not. No, I certainly. In fact, one of the reasons. That show I, your show, though. It's different. Five, five Sex years Sex talks now. is different. Six years. Six years. Yeah. And banana. I've been—it's—it's it's interesting you should, uh, bring it up because I need to make some changes to keep it fresh and keep myself going.
0: You get I, it. Same way, and I'm—I feel like we're doing it right now. And me doing like so I've been all thinking ladies, about that. I'm doing all ladies
1: every other. Every other show. month helps. Just change helps. I'm doing to. a thing. This was your wife's idea. I'm doing a thing where I partner with. Stay tuned for the invite another person to help me produce the show so Sorry. it's my friends and your friends every also, other month so it's not a lot of pressure also
0: i think your instagram takeover yeah i think your lineup's taking over the instagram yeah. is great prom- great promotion yeah
1: because i can't i you know what not only do i not instagram social media does not come naturally to me not at all and, and the it, other nor, thing is like nor should it for our generation Yeah. like
0: but let me
1: ask you this you do every month yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. There was a period of time before no boys allowed went away where I was doing every month. No, excuse me, I was doing Yeah. I was uh, doing every month and then an extra one every other month. Because I tried to do so it. So some months had to. We it was started, too much. I
0: tried to do it every month and I was like, I this is not gonna happen.
1: It's really hard. You find yourself um scrambling. I yeah. try to book in advance. I yeah, have my kind of go to people.
0: Well now you have the your dedicated spot at UCB.
1: Yeah, which helps because I have people submitting to me. So I have completed stories, which is huge. The problem is, I mean, if I were doing this right, I would be booking well in advance. I would just be on it in a way that, like, my other work doesn't allow me to be on it. But it's
0: hard in LA to pin down people that are in advance because even, like...
1: Six weeks is, like, the uh, the furthest out. Yeah, because, like... People duck out. Well, people cancel all the time. the time. So All the have time. Your you gotta be kind of prepared for it, and your people you can call on, and like you know your your stories, you know. And every show is not an A plus. Like that's not the sure. other thing. <laughs> that's the thing about a monthly show. Like some of them are just clunkers. You're just gonna
0: have to like. It just have it. Suck it up.
1: One of the things that I need to do a better job of is going to fucking storytelling shows. Hundred percent. So I mean too. I to huge, any... It's a huge thing for me, and and if I did, every lineup would have someone that is different than me, and that could be different age, that could be different race, it could be different gender like it just you, should, more you is get more. Andrew
0: T on your show too I don't
1: know Andrew
0: Andrew uh, hosts the podcast Yo Is This Racist oh yeah he's great he's okay, always cool. great and we've had Alex and I have had him on our other podcast he's like a, our Wild podcast MVP. Yeah. he's like a guest where we're just like yeah. we literally yeah. need someone who says smart and funny things all the time yeah. he's, he's the person right right. yeah yeah and
1: like Expansion, Like, I find that once I meet a Jenny who connects me to five other people, suddenly those five other people. Like, it's, it's a slower growth. Yeah. But it has been working. Okay. And then I'm able to... But then, you know, it's such a puzzle piece, right? Because you've got to, in a given month, pull to create a diverse cast. Oh, well,
0: and you're doing a thing now it's where hard. you're, like... Your lineup is, like, storyteller, storyteller, storyteller. But then you're doing these, like... Like, I'm trying
1: to do like a that's awesome like a weird feature every month. It's great. Where it's, it's so like, great. because I want this, to, I want sex talks to be a resource and experience around sexual content, and yeah. that to me is more than just stories. Like I want you to come and your takeaway. Like away,
0: learn something.
1: Yeah, if you like, you learn something.
0: And everybody gets to walk out with a little like yeah sex toy or, yeah something. We walked out with sex toys. Last that one yeah.
1: show. Yeah, but and it can be for me like it can be anything like. I don't know if it's a thing um, as much anymore, but there was a period of time and I'm trying to get someone on like um, professional cuddling, like cuddling sessions and like people seeking cuddling. People do that, right? Yeah, something people do. And like to me, that's sexual. So like for, to someone... For someone to come and talk about that would be that's that's perfect
0: for me. It's great. There are also people that like just like yeah like huggers, totally professional huggers. The next that's... person I'm having
1: on is a person um, who's like a foot fe- uh, a foot model fetishist, which I think is like really just interesting, <laughs> and it's just so oh, it's
0: so great. Why
1: right? not? You know? Why not? Yeah. It so diversifies it, the
0: show even further. Yeah, I think at like just, a whole other
1: level. And I think it makes it so that like yeah, I'm trying to help everybody in whatever little way (laughs) and I'm like ultimately help myself like that was really how not exactly how this all started but like kind of how it all started
0: how did it all start?
1: kind of two ways I did this and called it Sunday Night Sex Talks in college so in college my girlfriends and I on Sundays sat down and talked about sex kind of by happenstance once and it was so fun and interesting and we really but it was one of those
0: things like that was like a repeated social event that you like labeled Yes. Yeah. So then it was like, girls. like literally
1: everything in college.
0: My <laughs> seriously, my two two of my best friends in college, we would every Monday night we would watch WWF wrestling See? and eat Taco Bell. Yeah.
1: Perfect. So it was like ritualizing, it was interesting and it made me realize these were best friends of mine and actually guys were included sometimes too. We had sat next to each other and watched every single episode of Sex and the City three times, <laughs> and yet I didn't know that. Carly's boyfriend wanted to talk dirty, and she didn't know what that meant. Like, we, st- there was still barriers Holy to what we would shit. say to each other. In your type friend group. In my type friend group.
0: Well, I mean, that's our culture and vulnerability 100 totally. So, totally. like, how do you make the jump from being like, this is something that my girlfriends and I do every week, to, like, I could, I could make a show out of this?
1: So I was like, "Oh, we're gonna write a book." My friend Katie and I were like, "We're gonna write a book, and it's gonna have a pink cover." That was Katie's thing. And we were like, "Okay." So I we start it. we start writing this book about like what we uncovered, and I don't know. It's just we always knew we had something, but like, but then we got jobs and like had to make money. It just like went away. I come to LA. I do a play that I had written at Bar Lubitsch, it was called The Hookup Conversations, but it was like I oh, scripted yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is before yeah. I knew you guys. Yeah. So I scripted this play, and it was a really good experience. It helped me meet people. I was brand new here. And I had developed a relationship with Lubitsch, and they were like, do you have another thing? We'd love to get more of this performance stuff at our venue. And I was like, no, I don't have another thing, but in my head was always this, I got to do Sunday, Sunday night sex talks. and. I was having this weird experience where I was brand a year into town and I didn't, I really didn't know enough people, specifically women. And I was trying to get on people's storytelling shows and no one would, it's not that they wouldn't have me, they just like didn't know me. I wasn't proven. Totally.
0: And it's the quickest way to like, the quickest way to get on a storytelling show or for any like stand up comedian or whoever, it's like start your own.
1: I know, but Get like your own mic. I think back to that Do you ever have this experience Where you think back on Decisions your former self made And you're like Who the fuck did that person Think they were? Like where oh, did that courage Come from? Sure I can't believe I did this I still can't believe it And
0: then it's such a
1: thing And it Well it wasn't though yes. Oh my god I would come home Crying to Robbie Like three shows in a row It was the performers One person And me <laughs> No. Yeah. And I was oh, like... Oh, yeah, sure. I was like, uh, no, I can't do this anymore. It's too embarrassing. Because I was booking great people because Robbie knew some people. Molly knew some people. People knew people, and they were doing willing to do the show. Yeah. But, like, I just didn't know how to get people there. It's hard. Yeah. And it's... I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to promote it. I didn't know yeah. how to... I didn't have a regular monthly spot. Like, everything yeah. was... I was doing everything wrong.
0: Good for you for fucking staying the course.
1: Because, you know... What it was like, what would happen in that room was fucking awesome, and I knew it. And people that were there That's knew the it. That's the
0: thing. Is like when it works. And we're so so I knew. And were Michelle you, Buteau
1: was like. Were you
0: all ladies? You were yeah. all ladies from the be- from the get go. Yeah, yeah, we
1: were. That yeah. was the thing that I just felt like was unique, and I wanted to try it out. And that was. It's fifty percent of the population I mean, can't come. Yeah. It's fifty percent of your audience option.
0: But but still, like there is something about like that first inception of like all lady performers, all lady audience. It is sacred. It's it was like, huge. Yeah. People would
1: cry. People would laugh. People, it was nuts. Crazy yeah. things would happen. Yeah. And it, I, I give Michelle Buteau a lot of... She and actually Kulop, whose last name I won't uh, mispronounce, Kulav Valesak, who is um, very much in the Earwolf community. Uh-huh. And Michelle did my same show. And it was one of those shows where there were like seven people there. And both of them were like, do not give up on this. Yeah. People will come. It'll yeah. happen. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. And these are women who now... I mean, they're killing it, but like they had come, they're probably seven years older than me, and they had just done it longer. Yeah. We'd seen it happen. Yeah. They, So I really, oof. I can like feel in my stomach what it was like when no one showed up. Oh my god, it was so bad. I, I, I was I, just like tap, dance, like nuts. I do that
0: before every show. Yeah, I, I still do it too. In between when I get to the venue and when yeah. the show starts, I always just say to myself, like, if no one comes, mm-hmm. this will be the last show.
1: I know. Of course. <laughs> well, not no, that. Yeah, That's
0: awesome. Some thank you. Oh my. It's That's a really good meal Best meal in the world. I love it. I thank I you very it. much. Amazing. Thank you, man.
1: I do this thing. How dumb is this? Here's this is like a real therapist uh, moment. <laughs> UCB would absolutely let me know how many people have RSVP'd or how many people have brought pre tickets, but I don't ask them because I don't want to know. Because <laughs> I'd rather just imagine either. it's twenty, and then Please I get be. there and they tell me. <laughs> but I could find out in advance, and I don't. <laughs> well, and then it's this, crazy. I mean,
0: I think like there's so much bravery to. Uh, hosting a mic, hosting a show, yeah. hosting because it is especially in LA so hard to get anybody anywhere. Ever.
1: I know. And one of my big problems now is ten thirty is too late. It's way too late. Is so that I'm where pushing. you guys are at right yeah. now? I've asked for an earlier time. I'm on the list for it, but the benefit of UCB, it's known. You get people who are going there because of the name on a Saturday night. You get their promotion. You get the credibility. Yeah. The tough thing is there's a lot of competition for spots. Yeah. I feel like you need to say... This BLT looks insane. We're here at the Eagle Rock Public House where Joe has ordered the BLT. The, Describe the e- thickness of the bread, well, First Joe, of all... At least one and a half all, inches. First of all, you
0: called it the best BLT. I did. You're right. And then the weight even too. said it's the best BLT in town. Now...
1: And he's like... Uh,
0: you know, he well, works here also, but he's cool. It's a BLT and like when I picked up this half of sandwich, yeah. it like has some weight to it. Yeah. So, a lovely I tomato. Mean, I mean I guess we don't need to describe what's in a BLT. Is this bread a B, an L? Is a this <laughs> there's plenty of L. Yeah. There's like just enough tea. Yeah. But and the There's like B. a lot of B. And that's
1: a thick cut B. Also like, What is the bread? What is the bread? Is it sourdough? It's a country bread. Oh, I think it is a sourdough. Let's let's have a bite.
0: It looks insane. Alright, I'm gonna do this. I'm, gonna, going in. I'm going for the meatier end. Okay,
1: good great voice. Watch the roof of your mouth. I find that to be a particularly challenging. It's I know, because it's good, like, scratches.
0: Holy shit. It's
1: really good, right? And the mayonnaise yeah, is more yeah. than just mayonnaise. I think it's an aioli. Mmm. It's definitely an
0: aioli. Mm. Which yeah, means I, what? I love, it's like
1: mayonnaise plus. Olive herbs, oil? Oh, olive herbs. oil.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah, right. Okay, good. Now I know.
1: Um, well, I'm really glad you ordered Holy shit. Oh, you're living vicariously through me. Although... I've had it several times. It looks I'm fresh. looks unreal. Uh, It's a great
0: salad. A uh, little gem? I love a little gem salad. I love a little gem, too. Um, anyway,
1: we kept going, and here we you are.
0: You kept going, and here you are. Yeah. I dig it. I you're, dig that.
1: Do you feel also... This happens every month. The rest of my life, my career, takes so much time. For a single thing to come to fruition. Huh? But the fact that this happens every month, and like if it's bad, it's bad. And if it's good, it's good. And mm-hmm. then it happens again and it's over is like, I really need that. Mm-hmm. There's some, like, very gratifying. I mean, at this point, like,
0: there's something that you always know is coming.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's something to occupy your energy. It really is. And it's something to take me outside of my world, which Mm -hmm. I need to do more of, as we said, but like yeah, it really is.
0: And you look at like your website or whatever and see how many shows you've done. Yeah. How many shows have you done?
1: I don't know. I mean I guess what's twelve times? (laughs) Six. Sixth year? I mean And then the New York shows I guess too.
0: Oh that's you've gone on the road too. Gone
1: on the road. I mean. The New York shows are always so stressful because that's my home. That's like my family comes. Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was hard. My, fam- my parents came to one show. Mm-hmm. The, our, after our first year... I, not first year, but, like, I feel like after we did 12 shows, I did, like, one big show. Yeah. When they came to that show... I don't know. I didn't... I don't know that I... I don't ever... I don't, like... I try to like glaze over yeah, it's much hard. it. Because you're like, make everybody else do the heavy lifting.
1: Yes, I certainly <laughs> do when I'm hosting there. But like, who knows what other people are gonna say, right? Like, and I do feel to a certain degree this is like a, a different topic. But I have e- evolved in a. This is the best BLT I've ever had. I'm thrilled. No. <laughs> See you here tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> I might have to. Yeah, it's really good. This is delicious. It's really good. Good. Um, I've evolved. I have evolved in confidence in the way I carry myself since yeah. leaving New York, and yeah. I think I'm—I am at my core the same person. But I think I'm willing to go to places and say things and talk about things that I perhaps wasn't when I was there. So that yeah. it makes it a little funky. Yeah. To be like, um, this is who I am now.
0: Like, take it or leave. This is what I talk about. Yeah.
1: This is what I believe in. This is what I think we should all be talking about. So yeah. That's, uh, and I don't—I don't get a bit of pushback. I think a little bit of it is more just the discomfort of, like, me walking into that and being like, well, all right.
0: Do your, do your, your family comes?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. They do. and You know, they...
0: It's the test. It is, like, that's such a test, especially, like, I feel like the same with our show. Like, yes. if I'm... If we're calling it, like... And also, like... I mean, I'm sure you do the same thing, because mm-hmm. whenever I send an email out to, like, a lineup, I'm always, like alright, like, I want, Yeah. this has got to be true stories, they got to be stories where you're not yeah. the hero or the victim, uh-huh. they got to be stories where you're the asshole, like,
1: yeah.
0: and if I'm asking them to mm-hmm. mine their life for that, then i got to mind yeah. my life for that, and if I'm asking them to, like, get up on a mic and sacrifice yeah. their pride yeah. and ego, then I've got to do the same thing. Well,
1: especially because you opened the show, which right. is, like, an interesting, right. it's very interesting because... I did not intend to tell a story when I first conceived of the show. Right. I was like, I'll host this, I'll I'll share some anecdotes, but I will not perform every show. Yes. And a friend who is um, an agent, and a friend who is a performer, had very different takes on that. My agent friend, my agent friend was like, that is an opportunity to have your work, your writing work live Mm -hmm. once a month, you gotta do it. Mm -hmm. And a performer friend was like, you set the tone so the dynamic that you bring and the vibe and the energy and the spirit is gonna people are gonna follow that like obviously people have their stories often they're set but a good performer hears the vibe and matches it definitely elevates it you know, every time
0: we had I had the same thing I feel like I was going I told a story every time at first and Mm -hmm. was gonna have a different host every Mm -hmm. show at first Mm-hmm. I had Judith Shelton. She's a stand-up comic. Oh, I wasn't at that, that one. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was like our second show. Mm-hmm. It was at the Virgil. She hosted. She was wonderful, but mm-hmm. I then I decided to host so I wouldn't have to tell a story every time. Yeah. But then the, the times when I didn't, everybody was always like, nah, you can't cop mm-hmm. out like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. I also think it's a compliment. Like, I'm at your show for your curation of a show Mm -hmm. for the people you know yeah 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 but like also for you Mm -hmm. you know like you like the question about you know being like the godmother of something like when you're like the godfather of something you like make everyone feel comfortable it, it I actually think it's a big piece of it and I've tried to I've like actively worked on my hosting. Like yeah. actively worked on like yeah. h- how do I say things really naturally? How do I like come out and really be myself? Because yeah. it especially when I moved to UCB, I was nervous.
0: Totally. And also, I know when I'm not now I can tell it's been long enough yeah. where I know when I'm doing it and I know when I'm not. Totally. Like I know when I'm on autopilot. Totally. Or I know Funny when man. I'm not connecting. Uh-huh. Or I know when I've when I've gone too far or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when you go to New York, mm-hmm. uh, any people from high school
1: ever I don't think. You guys doing okay. Maybe. So awesome man, thank you. I don't know if I've ever had someone in the audience that like is from my romantic or sexual past. I don't know. I certainly haven't told a story.
0: Hmm. Do you name names? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like the story you did for our show. Oh yeah, you name stories. names.
1: Definitely. Especially the names of the people who threw the eggs. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I definitely name names. That infamous that's such Halloween. An innocent, Idol. I feel like that's different than being like this guy who like, I slept with and then he ghosted me. I don't know though, like, he did it. Yeah, I mean, like. I think it would be different if it was a story, a, a darker story, right? A story about, and um, I feel very fortunate to not have this story, but like a story about salt. Yes. A story that implicates something that someone did to someone else, like I would not choose to name names. Yeah. Most of my stories are, I'm the name to be named. <laughs> like, I'm the one that needs. <laughs> oh, really? Should be protected. Oh, uh, yeah. For totally. a choice I made. Or, like, um, everything's pretty innocent. Like, from yeah. a time when, like, I think we all knew we didn't know what we were doing. Like
0: that, like this infamous Halloween night. Yeah. So, okay. it's funny that
1: it's really funny. Wait, what do you guys call
0: it, though? Mischief Night. Mischief Night.
1: And I did not... It was like a story from my past that I just never really dug into. And I was telling it to Robbie once. And then I was telling it to you guys at mm-hmm. dinner. And I, I mm-hmm. already told it to Robbie. And he was like, holy shit. Like, I've never heard a story from you that like gets to the heart of who you are <laughs> more than this story. That's
0: so perfect. And he had told
1: me... I mean, I had told dozens of stories at that point. But I do, I do think... And, you know, maybe it's, like, a buried memory because it was such a visceral Like, it was such a moment for me.
0: So, uh, all right. So, like,
1: Mischief Night. Yeah. What year was this? So, it's got to be because I am in eighth grade. So, it's got to be. So, you're not in high school yet. No, I graduated from high school in 01. So, that means I'm in eighth grade in, what, 98? 97? I don't know. Yeah, 97? Okay, 97. I'm so good at math. That's incredible. What was that? O 01 minus four. Good. <laughs> How did you carry the one in your head?
0: I'll tell you what I do with math.
1: Use your fingers. When
0: people say, "Is it 97?" I say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that. <laughs>
1: that's what I, I, I have no idea. Me neither. So yeah, it's 97. It's my third. It is the third opportunity I have had to attend Mischief Night, and like maybe we should say so Mischief Night in Freehold, New Jersey is when the night before Halloween, all the kids who are, like, old enough to be out alone but young enough to still think this is cool, toilet paper, <laughs> yeah, they toilet paper and they egg the houses. And it's, like, such a known, like, innocent thing that the cops are kind of like, uh, go have fun, kids. Whatever. Yeah. Because everyone is um, white. I should say that. Yes. So and they're so it's, yeah. No, everyone's just like it's just kids have it's just kids being kids. They're like, gonna do it. There's a good amount of property damage involved. Like you egg a yeah, house a with non. I mean. Yeah, and like egg a house with non-plastic siding. Like I don't know. You have to scrub that off. Unsure. Yeah. yeah. So I pressure think that's, washer. I think, that's why, I think that's why we do the eggs. I
0: don't also, know. Also, like when to- if toilet paper gets wet, it like doesn't it doesn't. If you TP a place, it gets wet. It hardens. It's disgusting. You, but very important. <laughs> it's key to the whole process. Yeah. You're a good kid. You are... A...
1: But, like, am an aggressively good kid. I'm a nervous kid. I'm a rule follower. Yeah. I have a... Not odd. I have a relationship with authority where I want them to really like me. My parents are, like, very known it. in the community. So I'm also, like, there's not a lot I can get away with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to find out, and mm-hmm. it's going to come back and, like tarnish the name of the Rosinettes, which is what my younger sisters and I are...
0: Oh my god.
1: On. And like, rosinettes don't toilet paper houses.
0: It just feels right. It yeah. just feels right when you say it.
1: But, I am also going through this thing where it's like, this is my last year before high school. Am I gonna... Who am I gonna be in high school, right? Am I gonna be this same kid? Do you go
0: to a different school? So you
1: move to like a larger high school, but it's districted the same, so I'm gonna follow these kids to the next place, and then more kids are gonna be but there. But it is an opportunity
0: to like... Reconceive of yourself.
1: 100. I feel like the summer between eighth grade and high school, like.
0: Because I'm all about that. I am yeah. all about. I like, got a
1: bikini. Yeah.
0: Oh huh. yeah. Yeah, you did. Victoria's Secret. Yeah.
1: Hell yes.
0: That's a real, big. a real bikini. It was big. Yeah. It's a woman's bikini. But in eighth
1: grade. <laughs> I'm nervous. What do I think is gonna happen? I, I guess that we're gonna get in trouble and that I'm gonna, I, I don't know like what the fear really is. Like I don't think I'm gonna go to jail. I just think that I'm gonna have this deeply uncomfortable interaction with like a policeman or like an angry homeowner and I'm gonna feel bad forever. Um, so that's
0: what you're worried about, that's the fear. I,
1: I guess so, but I have an equal fear of, of not being cool. Yeah. I'm being totally left out. Um, yeah. But I'm. I wanna be very clear, I'm not cool. Like it's not in my bones. <laughs> At that point, but, now it's like uh, all I am. Joe. I mean, oozing out of everything. Yeah, well, thing. I got bangs. Come on, your hair looks amazing. I, I just say, want that to say, be... thank you so much, you uh-huh. can't see the BLT or my bangs, but they're equally good. Just BLTs. I'm glad you're still enjoying it. If um, I wasn't, if I was gluten free, I would still eat this bread. Okay, that's good to know. Because Maybe that'll be my cheat. This will be my cheat. It's I don't... insane. <laughs> So on mischief night, you to conceal yourself from the cops that aren't coming, you wear all black. <laughs> but I don't have a lot of black because I'm just very cheery as a person. Gotta have vibrant. So and the color. only all-black look I have is a black corduroy jumper. That's a dress that's overalls. That's what we call a dress that's overalls. And a black <laughs> turtleneck <laughs> and black tights and black Jazz shoes. So. You know what a jazz shoe is, Joe? Yes, I do, It's jazz. a soft shoe. <laughs> <laughs> a Which soft shoe. Can we say good sort of applicable for the, why for I the wore, endeavor? Why I wore it. Also I had black snow boots, but that would be too loud. Let me say this.
0: <laughs> Dressed all in black on mischief mischief night, yeah. still looking like an A student. 100 percent In my mind. A
1: librarian. <laughs> oh. So I show up, whatever. I'm not feeling great about this. And my dad... Who are the, um... Who are the participants? I should have said, yes. The
0: hooligans that you fell in line with.
1: Among the also good kids of the school, just like a tick cooler, two ticks cooler five ticks cooler. I don't know, a lot of ticks cooler, but cooler. <laughs> but like, good kids, which is why, like, Mischief Night is for everyone, it's not just for the bad kids. And yeah. in fact, to prove this point, we're leaving from Amy Cassidy's house, and her parents are like, making nachos for us before we leave. So we're not sneaking around. So even the parents are like, yeah, yeah go out it's and like. innocent, innocent fun. It's like parents who are like, drinking drink in our house so you can learn how to drink. They're like mischief night on our property so you can learn how to mischief night. I don't know. So it's Amy Kessine, it's Joe Clausen, it's um Jeff Miller, it's Bill Neskis. There were a lot of bills. It's Bill Cosentino. Oh, that's
0: right. I do recall. A that lot of there were bills. bills. Yeah.
1: It's 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 all my friends, Katie Allen. There are a couple but I feel like we were rolling like 70. I love it that it, well, so were you all first timers to the whole mischief night? Uh, of course not. Of course not. Everyone else has done it. Many times before. Some of these people have been doing it since they're like in fourth grade. Fourth grade I think is the earliest you can mention. Okay. So my dad drops me off. And I don't know if I told this in the original story, but I feel like this is critical to it. My dad used to say this thing to no, me. No, yes, you definitely I told, told you.
0: this. At sc- no, you told this. And you told this at the show too. Okay, good. Which I think this is
1: so key. <laughs> I think it's So key, too, key. To my whole entire psyche. Yeah, my so- dad drops me off in the Sienna minivan tan. And before I get out of the car, and you know what? I don't remember if he knows what I'm gonna do, but like, how could he not know? It's the night before Halloween. They, n- they knew. Like, we didn't talk about it, but he drops me off anyway, and he says to me in his most stern voice, "You are who you are when you aren't being watched," and then he repeats it for dramatic effect. <laughs> Is there a moment, a pause between the two utterances? He says, "He starts. Remember, you are who you are when you aren't being watched. Eat. You are who you are when you aren't being watched." For emphasis. Have for fun. Emphasis. <laughs> Pick up a ten. <laughs> ten. Did you catch that? Ten. That's oh, very. Like, gotta be in. Gotta be in by ten. Maybe 10:30 at
0: the oh, point. Oh my god, that's hilarious.
1: So I. It's like throbbing in my brain that statement. You really took it to heart. And like, my dad's a good person. My parents are good people. Yeah. So I believed it. I believed that that was right. Well, I believe you're that, that that was right. and you still at the age where, yeah, it's
0: like what well, things they say have, yeah, still have a lot of impact. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now I
0: feel like you get to a you get to a certain age and your parents say things and you're like, No, well, that that's right. ridiculous. <laughs> you don't know me.
1: You're ridiculous. <laughs> Take a look and, yourself in the mirror. And old. <laughs> And yeah, it's your so true. generation is But it over. landed. It landed. But I was still going through with it, of course. And so I'm like counting down. He probably dropped me off at 8. We probably headed out. At so the,
0: this whole story takes place over no, the course of like two hours, two hours three hours.
1: Yeah. hours. Yeah. We had out at like 8.30. So I'm like an hour and a half, an hour and a half. All I had to do is an hour and a half. Yeah. And my, my plan is to look like I'm doing it without doing it. Yeah. So I'm going to like... It's like when you like take a shot and throw it behind your shoulder. Oh yeah. Like I'm gonna yeah. throw the egg on the ground. Yep. And I'm gonna unwrap the toilet paper and then in, I don't know, stand behind someone. Stand it sounds the like street. a sound plan to me. Yeah. Like, I, and it works. It works for the first few houses. I'm fine. It's fine. We're not getting caught. Everyone's having a great time. But I'm like fine with my plan. Yeah. And I should say that with us. Were you is, having a good time? Like? No, no, absolutely not. Really? No, I'm not having a good time at that point because I'm so nervous and I'm so feeling like I'm are doing it wrong. house are you oh you, I like that. Yeah. So like
0: you yeah. feel that you're doing mischief night wrong.
1: Oh I'm, so, I'm absolutely doing mischief night Are you night worried
0: wrong. about getting caught or is that yeah. not really enter into it?
1: I'm worried about getting caught. It's the
0: social thing. It's like the social. Yeah. yeah.
1: But with, with us is this guy Mark Patel and Mark was a better kid than most, in terms of just, like, rule following. Like, all of these are good kids. I don't want to paint them in a bad light. Right, of course. But, like, Mark was, like, a little bit more straighter edge than the rest of them. Okay. And I had this, I, there was rumor that Mark had a crush on me. Ooh. So I was kind of using Mark as this, he was kind of hanging back with me. He was kind of letting me stand behind him and throw the, not throw the toilet paper. He was kind of, like, being an accomplice to my lack of involvement.
0: That's very noble of, of Mark.
1: It was. Right? But then we got to Mrs. Wessel's house. Right. We didn't know we were going to hit it. I didn't know we were going to hit it, but then I was like, of course we're going to hit Mrs. Wessel's house. And she's the home ec teacher. Right. And people are kind of like, even at that time, they're like, hashtag me too, fuck home ec. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't, but they, she... He had to sew, and people were very angry about that. And iron, and... Have they phased Home ec- out? I feel like... Not like at that was... point. I mean, now they probably yeah, have, but... Yeah. You know, I liked Mrs. Wessel. <laughs> Shocking no one. I liked ironing. I thought she was just trying to help us be adults, goddammit. I feel like that. But at Mrs. Wessel's house, the kids went... I call, I call them the kids my friends those kids those crazy kids those people
0: of my same age they went
1: crazy they were having so there was a joy and a fun and a release and mark did it too because of who she was because of who she was as a teacher yeah and it was just like this is what mischief night is for to get it out get it out it's us against them and you
0: were still not
1: I wasn't but mark was mark went for it in this house so now I have uh, no ally yeah and now I am seeing the joy on the faces of these friends and my dad's statement is ringing in a different way. I am who I am when I'm not being watched and that is a pussy. (laughs) That is someone that can't have fun. I just want
0: that to be crocheted on a throw pillow for you.
1: Oh, my On God. On one side, it says, I am who I am, and then the back, it says, I'm pussy. Dot, dot, dot. I, I want to be a, a reveal, a reveal pillow. Oh, my God. And so, I see it, and I feel it in a totally different way, and I'm just like, oh, God, I've got, I got this all wrong. It's fine to do this. In fact, it's good. It's good for me. I need to do it. Yeah. Which brings us to the final house. And it's like... I don't know, 10 minutes from the time that I'm supposed to be picked up. So this is it, and this is it. So you learned the lesson,
0: or you learned your lesson at Mrs. Wessels' house. That's right. But still did not participate.
1: Not yet. Saved
0: it for the next time. Not yet. I
1: watched it go down, and I had my moment. Yeah, my moment for sure. So we go to the final house. And we know it's the final house. Um, I know it's the final house for me because of timing. But it becomes the final house for everyone because it starts to rain. Right. And so we are like... Um, I don't As if
0: on cue. Mm, Perfect. It was really
1: beautiful. I don't know if someone says, like, last house or whatever. But we're, like, running out of the six dozen eggs that we brought at this point. And so at the last house, I decide... I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna two eggs in hand. I'm gonna really into high school.
0: Let's this is it. Let's make it, let's change it up. Yeah.
1: And so I hurl my two eggs with all the frustration of a pent-up goody two shoes at this ranch style home. And I see the eggs connect with the siding. And then the house fucking explodes. And it explodes in a way with lights flashing that I am, am certain never, I'm seeing a mirage. I've never
0: heard of this yeah. before. Like
1: a mirage of my greatest fears have come true. So much so that I like don't react for a second because this can't be real. Like it yeah. can't be that my egg hits the house and the house just lights up. This must be my my inner sight Was
0: there the country. sound alarm or was it all visual?
1: At first it's lights. Okay. And we all stop because... What the fuck? And then the alarm starts to sound. This kind of like whoop whoop, like we've triggered an alarm, and the alarm comes with these lights. And so at the alarm sounding, people are like, "What the fuck is going on?" And people are like, "We gotta run!" And there's like a hubbub of what are we gonna do? What's the decision? And and I mean, seconds. later. So much panic.
0: So much. That would be the. I mean.
1: Yeah. For as
0: much trouble as I got in, not so much as a kid, but like. As I got a little bit
1: older, that
0: is the moment yeah. that would be,
1: oh, man. Seconds later, though, it takes a real turn, Joe. A woman comes to the door, and she opens the door, and she's screaming. And I can tell that she's not, like, get off my lawn screaming, right? She's confused and scared and upset. And at the sight of that woman, everyone takes off except for me and Mark Patel.
0: Oh, Mark. My
1: ally is back.
0: Mark. And she's screaming. What a sweet boy. And she's
1: waving her hands. And Does it, she see you? Immediately yeah. when she comes out the door. And she's screaming at us. <clears throat> like, like, not you did this, but like, what's going on? Help me. Because she doesn't know yeah. what's going on. And so she's making these hand motions and it, it like all comes together in my head. And I realize that she's deaf. And that the hand motions are signing. Oh. And that the alarm system is because it alerts her, a deaf woman, about intruders. Because how else would she know? And it just like, it just like comes Which I've never heard of that kind of alarm system. Yeah. And I mean, in Freehold, New Jersey, pretty impressive. Totally. Makes makes all sense Total sense. So I. Was she not? So
0: like, how big is Freehold?
1: I don't know, ten thousand people. Okay. Maybe bigger, but like ten thousand people. So you weren't aware of No. I'm not aware and of the one. No one knew about I'm not I aware feel like of this where I grew up,
0: like in Small, the rural Midwest, would people would be like, yeah, that's the deaf house. Yeah. <laughs> no. There would be like only one person in town that's mm-hmm. deaf. So Okay. No one knows That makes sense. Okay.
1: So like I have two choices. I run or I go. I run or I stay, right? I run or I go to her and calm this woman. And I know like two signs, I think I know two signs, two, three signs, like, I know how to sign I love you, yeah, and I know how to sign, like, clapping hands, and so I'm just, like, big as I can, like an aircraft controller, I'm signing, like, I love you, <laughs> clapping hands, <laughs> I love you, clapping
0: hands. Great, hey, oh you've got to go with what you know. But
1: I just wanted to express <laughs> to her that, like, I, mean, I am friend, not foe. Yeah. I love you. I applaud you. Can you fucking imagine this woman and Mark? I'm sure she's so fucking confused. Towards her because remember it's raining. I'm wearing all black. That's right. I'm stepping towards her because I just want to calm down. Right. And Mark is like, I guess I'm in this. <laughs> this girl doesn't put out I'm after this. Then this was um, all for nothing. That's for I didn't. But... <laughs> so I go, I go all the way up to her, and now I'm, like, with her. Yeah. And I'm trying to say, like, I'm sorry. I don't have signs for this, of course, but, yeah. like, uh, mischief night, I don't fucking know. I'm just, like, standing with her at this point, so yeah. is Mark. And, um... Is she, like, has she, like... She's calmed down. But she's upset. I think she gets it. You know, I don't know. Well, and
0: in freehold... Maybe she
1: never got it. Are a lot of people trying to, like, break into houses? No. So, no. So, like, maybe that alarm system has never gone off before? I, it's felt like it from her reaction. Yeah. Um, and then the cops come. Because that's what the alarm triggers.
0: It immediately, yeah. It yeah, immediately it, calls Of
1: course. Out. So the cops come to the house where I'm standing with Mark Patel and this woman. And they're like... What happened? And I have to tell them. And they're like, of course they know Mischief Night, but now they're kind of required to ask, like, you who didn't did lie. this? You didn't No, I didn't lie. You could have. I didn't protect anyone either. I was like, you know, a, a group of kids started at the Quesaday house and we're so sorry. And that was it. And then, you know, I stayed for a few more minutes and then I walked back and my dad was in the driveway. Of the house? Yeah, of the Kesede house. Because uh, it was past time. He was sitting there waiting for me. And I didn't go in the house. I just got in the car and I left. And the cops did go to the house and did kind of like lightly reprimand Pokemon the Poke around,
0: ask them questions, be like, yo. Do
1: what they had to do. Yeah. You know, tell them like that wasn't cool and you scared that woman or whatever. But I wasn't there. And it was, I mean, the the pain of like that woman and going to her was, like, one thing. The pain of being home and wondering what all these friends were thinking of was, like, a whole other thing. And, uh, you know, obviously, we didn't have text message. Like, I wasn't hearing from anyone. Like, there was AIM. Was there? Yeah, there was AIM. America Online. (laughs) For you young'uns out there. But, like, I I don't remember, like, jumping on it. I mean, that part...
0: That's the hardest. That's like the... I know. I mean, that's the deepest cut.
1: I think I called a friend. I don't remember. I like put... I I guess I just... But we stayed friends. I think everyone knew it was
0: shitty. Also, legitimately though, no one really got into trouble. No one got
1: into trouble. And like... You know what? Like, I did the right thing and i think that that is what was left in the minds of those friends like mm-hmm. she did the right thing yeah it's annoying but like she, she did the right thing you were the one that stayed also i was yeah i was the one that you stayed. like stayed through the heat yeah yeah and I, I i like at the time i was just like oh my god these people have like lost all respect they're I'm never going to be allowed in and i think look I don't think I was the easiest friend to be around in middle school or high school. Really? I was just I wasn't willing to go to a place that a lot of them were, drugs wise, partying wise, like sure. But I I don't think that they ever didn't respect me.
0: You guys know? yeah, were great. Thank you. This BLT is the best in town. I know, right? You're right, yeah. You're and both I running.
1: think I think that's something I had to come to a lot later, like These people may have been inconvenienced by me. I may have brought up feelings in them about, like, fuck, should I be doing this? Fucking Jesse Rosen never doesn't do E. I think it was annoying. And I think I would have been fine if I did the E. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they didn't respect me.
0: Yeah, I mean, what reason would they have?
1: Or, like, looking back, I think they're like, you know what, she was just doing her thing. And I can't believe I had the... Wherewithal to stick to that?
0: Yeah, that's impressive.
1: Through college, too? Nope.
0: There we go. <laughs> so it all goes out the window, anyway.
1: Nope. I mean, that's I the- mean, never done hard drugs. Never robbed a bank. Like I'm, I've, I stayed <laughs> on it. I like how those are my two. examples.
0: I like those two examples because
1: although they're in a, a category, yeah. they're so far apart. Yeah. Do you, is, does it make you think like those are things that were presented to me as options? <laughs> I really appreciate the
0: fact that you brought it up. Because,
1: yeah. Because. They were not presented.
0: <laughs> uh, that makes me feel good because you said the first one and I was like, well, I'm, I did a lot of hard drugs. And then when you said robbed a bank, I was like, well, never done that. Yeah. So i
1: I've like still ca- been good. casually offered cocaine, but like nothing else. People just like look at me and they're like, this is a waste of time.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna even get into this. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I. I think I stayed on the fair side of it, but I think I, I in college and certainly after I needed to like prove to myself that I could sow the oats I was comfortable sewing. We all, I mean, and I mean, did, and I was fine.
0: I love the fact that you stayed the course through high school, though.
1: I can't believe I did, but I did. Yeah, I did. Also, above
0: a certain level, if anybody. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people from, I mean, I think certain people from experienced high school in one way, mm-hmm. but there has to be an age where, like, grudges don't really get held anymore, especially, yeah. like, in, friend gr- especially in friend groups. I mean, yeah. I understand, like, people are bullied, people mm-hmm. are outcasts, like, it's very hard to come back yeah. from that sometimes, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what was there to, to hold a... There's nothing to hold a grudge against you. No,
1: and you know what? The other thing I didn't do was shove it in their faces. Like, right. you're bad and I'm good. Or you're like, whatever. I did the right thing. How dare you? Like, no, I was also not about that. I was did just you and Mark like, Patella get together at all? You know, we didn't. He had a party at his house and invited me. And everyone was on E but me. And he did put his tongue to my ear a lot. Like everyone was on E. And I allowed it. In honor of the deaf woman, <laughs> I'm giving you a pass on this. Yeah,
0: because you stuck with me during the deaf woman incident. Yeah, what did? What was the? A lot did, of rum and coke. Did you ever find out anything about the deaf
1: woman? No. Like, I thought about her a lot. Though that is cr- as like a burgeoning writer and storyteller because yeah. I was into that stuff even then. I was like, I gotta go back.
0: It is a key story. It's such a principal story to your life, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and it was so... um God, it was, like, very cinematic. It was very... That moment it, with
0: your dad in the car. It it's like a movie. It played out.
1: It really played out. Um And I, I always find it... That moment where I was, like... Oh my dad is right, but in a different way than I imagined. Yeah. I thought it was it was also kind of a very you start to kind of I think that was the first time that I started to question.
0: And that you my like interpreted advice yeah. rather than like take it row, right? Yeah. Which is like the difference between being a kid and being an adult. Yeah. Where we start being like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. This is how I feel this is what it means to me. But then
1: in the end I took the advice. Because I mean, look, I was being watched when I threw the eggs, but I was being watched more when I went up to that woman. Yeah. Yeah. So it,
0: you know. You just wanted her to be okay.
1: I, you just couldn't. Yeah, it was very.
0: I mean, this guy—you gotta look back at that and have like you gotta be—they gotta have like such an amount of pride for that to be like, I'm a, I'm a good person that wants other people to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. It felt easier. It was easier to go to her than not. Yeah. For me, and, and yeah. it wasn't easy. Neither thing was easy, right? Both of Well, I, I
0: have an insane, horrible conscience. Yeah. It just, like, does not allow me to let the horrible things yeah. that I do go. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would... De- if I had... If I were in your shoes and I had fled, I would definitely be sitting on that for years and years and years. Totally. And have been like, I just should have gone to her and stayed. here.
1: Totally. And I didn't have a lot of that on my conscience because of that fucking line from my dad. So I just... It was... Yeah, it felt really clear. And there have been, look, there have been times that there were then times in the future where I certainly didn't do that. Right. I didn't do the right thing. I left right. someone out, you know, out in the cold, but that not moment... Not that time.
0: You did the right thing. Yeah,
1: not that time. <clears throat> not that time. So it... Yeah.
0: Do you ever, like, do the thing when you're... So you were saying that, like, you told that story to Robbie. Yeah. And he was like, that you have to, like... Was he like, you should tell that? Like, mm-hmm. you should make it a story... I sometimes do, because I do not have a very good memory. Mm, funny. In fact, I have, like, straight-up shitty memory. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'll have those moments where an incident from my, my past... Mm-hmm will suddenly come to me. Yeah. And I'll be like, holy shit, why haven't I thought of that? Right. In all the times that I've ever sat down to think of, like, a story relevant to a theme or a story relevant to a, a, relevant to a show, like, how did I not think of
1: yeah. that? Yeah. Do you ever have that? It happens all the time. I'm yeah. telling a story tomorrow night that was like a story... You know, some things don't feel like stories because they're tiny things that happen to us, but then a context around them becomes... makes it a story. Yes, of course. So I'm telling a story tomorrow night of my show where I... Had, I had, like, found these cosmopolitan magazines and I would read them at night before I went to bed. And I didn't know what sex was at that point. I'm, like, 10 years old. But re- even reading about body parts, like, my body started to feel a little warm inside. Yeah, yeah, a little tingling. yeah. tingling. And one day the magazines were gone. And, like, that's an anecdote. I used to read these magazines and then the magazines were gone. But when I really think about what preceded that and then happened after that, there's a story there. There's still a about story. About why I was doing that and what the magazines meant and where I found them and then what how I felt about sexy stuff after the magazines were gone and who maybe stole them and did someone know about me reading that, them that would
0: be, what I would be so like yeah did they
1: sometimes but it's, I find and you know this is a weird thing to say but therapy going to therapy helps me has helped me remember the things that have stuck and then see them as bigger pieces of a puzzle. Interesting. So when like, my therapist will ask me something about like, can you remember a time in your childhood when you felt this same way? And I'll remember a moment from my childhood that's like, just a moment, and then suddenly it kind of expands a little bit more.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah, so
1: that's been like a, I have a very good memory for emotional moments. Not necessarily for the details, Uh but the moments are, can be very, very visceral to me. And I wish they weren't. Sometimes I wish they weren't.
0: I feel like, I, you know, and I talk to Molly about this a lot, and because she was a person that, like, I feel like she felt she was a new... She knew, uh, she, knew she was a storyteller for so long mm. that she would, like, actively make choices in pursuit of material mm. to have later. To I didn't something. do that, did you? I, no. No. Um, wouldn't have had... I wouldn't have had that kind of foresight anyway. No. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, like... I can sit and like scour my life mm-hmm. and and come up with nothing, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and then you know I'll be doing something disconnected, like I don't know. in the bathroom or like yeah. on a hike, uh-huh. and like out of nowhere, something will spring mm-hmm. to my mind, and then I then in that moment I remember it in pretty vivid detail, mm-hmm. but. If I'm if I'm working at it, I'm, my memory is just like not yeah. flexed
1: But I feel like that makes sense. I mean, I don't know where memory is in the brain. I don't know either. I don't know anything about the brain. I don't. But either. I feel like it's like in a place that it's needs... like it could be magic up there, and I wouldn't. I think. I mean. I mean. I think it
0: is basically, basically it. magic. Yeah.
1: So whatever you have to do to like unlock the magic, I feel like it's not think about it. Right. I think it's like, whatever they say about, it. so apparently driving is some kind of like rote activity, where when you do it, your brain is on a certain kind of autopilot. Yeah. And so it allows you to like relax into a different place. I don't know, but I get a lot of ideas. Walks or
0: driving yeah, always memories, help. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah which point. is helpful because, you know, you do run out of stories.
0: I mean, absolutely. Suddenly, Especially like, like trying to, you know, if you're trying to like retrofit a, story for a theme or something like that I know. bullshit like that
1: I know that part of it gets challenging but I repeat stories absolutely I you have to or like when something works yeah
0: good god I'll use it as many times as I possibly can
1: how often do you really work on a story like take a story write it rewrite it perform it re it
0: well, I feel like I don't learn anything until I do it in front of some of Me too. audience. I don't really... And, I mean, I think that I worked for a company in Chicago or worked with a company in Chicago for a while that produced storytelling shows. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a, a sort of, like, wrote um, rubric mm-hmm. for what kind of story... Or, for the story they were looking for. It was mm-hmm. something very particular. Mm-hmm. And although I appreciate that, I, it was not something that I was for some reason I was not capable of it at the time. Yeah. And I think like I've grown enough to know what I look for from a yeah, story. right. And I think right it it will it it takes me a moment but I can usually I can usually find like you were saying, I think it's something interesting to think of like you think of an incident that seems mm-hmm. pretty inconsequential but when you think of the context around it all of a sudden it becomes a story mm-hmm. and I think like
1: yeah well I like the freedom a lot of what I do is writing for perfection for thank you man yeah, someone else for yeah. notes yeah so when I tell a story at my show and when I'm preparing for that I want to just be free yeah I want to think of something just notes down and just go it's like such bliss I for do me. not
0: wrote memorize ever ever yeah. ever ever, ever.
1: However, I had an experience recently where I, I've been telling a similar story for a really long time about this experience I have where my dry cleaner in New York set me up with someone. Right. And it's kind of like a Even story. Even your dry cleaner set you mm-hmm. up. That's... Yeah. So I starched-crossed lovers. Oh, god damn, Jesse. So I was invited to tell a story um, at this kind of fancier charity event, and it was at the home of Jason Kadams, who created Friday Night Lights, Parenthood, and like it's just a big writing idol of mine. And the direction was to read. You could memorize, but most people, I had been to the show, most people had read. So I was like, okay, this is an opportunity. I am going to work this story to the bone. Yeah. I'm going to write it, rewrite it, perform it at my show, perform it to Robbie. I'm going to, like, work it, work it, work it, see where the laugh lines are, record myself, listen to it, like, this level yeah. of shit, right? Yeah, 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 That I had not done in years. Yeah. If ever. And I did it, and it killed. It oh, killed shit. in a way that I was like, oh, <laughs>
0: Oh, this is you how to. you write a
1: story. <laughs> I guess you really have to work That's on it. That's funny. So it was interesting. And look, I don't, that was right for that moment for me and what I wanted and my goal. But I But it's, it's not right for every show for me. Yeah. But it really proved to me. This is truly a story that I've probably written, rewritten, retold, done in many, many different varieties, both like planned and off the cuff for 10 years. Yeah. So it was really... That's incredible. It was really something. I mean, it gave me so much... Um, storytelling is different than anything else. It
0: is different than anything it's else. It's certainly
1: different than stand-up. It's certainly different than written work. It's certainly different than scripted acted work. So... We uh, When I
0: first... When we first started, I... My friend Deepak Sethi would do stand-up at the oh, end of interesting. every show. Because I sort of had this thing uh-huh. where I was like... Ah, it's sort of all the same.
1: Yeah.
0: And, yeah. man, was I proven wrong.
1: It's not, Like, it's yeah. not,
0: and the audience isn't, if they're, plus the fact that, yeah, if the audience is sort of, like, vibrating on one thing, mm-hmm. and then you throw a curveball, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's in the same family or not, mm-hmm. they're gonna, they're gonna dis, there's gonna be a disconnect.
1: Well, what I will say, when I'm telling a story off the cuff... I feel like I have the audience, they're with me, we're connected, I'm telling some stuff. Great. Yeah. That experience of telling the story that I've prepared, this is going to sound, I mean, vain I guess, but also kind of like maniacal. They were literally in the palm of my hand. I carried them with me and they were hanging, I took them with me on this. And it was such a different experience. I love those moments
0: when you just start yeah. killing and they're on, they're hanging on your every word. But
1: I had done it in a way, like I had worked on it in a way that was like, now I want you to feel this, now I want you to feel this. And it was like, oh, this is like why. I.
0: It's love. so manipulative in a great way. It's <laughs> a great way because
1: it's fun, but it made me realize I think a good film does that. I think yeah. a, good, a good everything, just like you really carry people. Yeah. And... and allow them to feel something that you want them to feel yeah totally it's very special I have this obsession
0: right now mm-hmm. aesthetically mm-hmm. I, and I don't know why with raw rawness I, it sounds yeah. so it, it yeah. basically is like huh? an excuse for me to be able to do things with little production value um, it, I feel that's what it sounds like but um, but it's not I really yeah. you know we've Uh, Alex and I started doing our movie discussion podcast Mm -hmm. and we wanted it to be in public places where there was a lot of background noise Mm -hmm. and where we're eating and Mm -hmm. I just wanted it to feel real and one of the things that I definitely didn't know about Tales of Folly when we started but what I know now is that I mean there's nothing there is nothing better than a well crafted well coiffed storyteller yeah. who, like, hits their 10 minutes, hits every laugh line, yeah. knows every beat, and it's like it, when the story's in your bones, yeah. right? Because even when we do a story that, like, like Margot always says, she's like, you know, it's your story, so, like, you know the beats of your own story. But also, mm. even when it's a story we've told a, uh, a number of times, and like you were saying, it's in a different audience. You yeah. sometimes calibrate for that. Yeah. It becomes something different. Yeah. So you're always finding and mm-hmm. discovering and maybe meandering a little. Yeah. So you can tell the difference between like when you killed at a charity yeah. event and when you tell a great story, yeah. but you're still like working through it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, like, I I like... I mean, I think at our at, at our show the value has sort of become on, to me, on the performances where maybe the performer doesn't know Mm -hmm. what they think they know. That's right. Because what I'm, I feel like what we've started to ask of not necessarily women, but definitely men, and I, I credit the male performers that we've had on our show because for the most part, everybody's done it. Yeah. Is finding that story where you don't really get any redemption. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, or where it's yeah. really the story. I remember my friend Joe, uh, his first time on the show, he texted me this story where, or he emailed, he sent me this, didn't text me, he emailed me, he said, I got two stories. Mm. One story is about this time when like it was like some kind of like date gone wrong mm-hmm. and I ate too much sushi and I threw up and blah 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 <laughs> or something like that. I like, I can't remember because the second story was like there was this period of time where I didn't know if I was gay or not. Oh my
1: god, I remember that and story. And I was like I was at that show. I invited him to do my show. That's it was right, so that's good. That's right. Oh
0: my god, it was so good. And I was like, "Well, you have to tell that second story." Oh my or god, that
1: moment with the car in the car in the play. I remember so much about it. Oh my god. See, that's what happened. Or, or
0: uh I had a Josh, my friend Josh on and he told the story about like the last time he talked to his brother. Oh God! Who, who went not? Who committed suicide? Yeah. And heart wrenching. Yeah. But I'm like, if because there's also That's like, right. if it's the hard story. Yeah. Then that that too will force you out of a comfort yeah. zone. And if I have to like, if we ha- if our if if I have to have a place for men to come to like where I have to like force that. I know. Then fine. If I have to wrestle that out it's of a them, huge fine. service. I'm into it.
1: I think it's a service to men. I think it's a service to women. I think it's important for women to see men at your show in the way that men really are yeah. because I think that women can do a little bit of either expecting or I don't want my man to whether that's in the back of our head or in the front of our head. Like yeah. it's, it's nice to have a reminder of the humanity of us regardless of gender. Of
0: all of us, and at uh, your show too, I like, feel mm-hmm. like it's important. You create a sanctuary, you try. or you have created a sanctuary where, if even yeah. for a moment, people can feel like they're gonna be. Unjudged, yeah. Because that, at the end of the day, because I mean, that's what what affects everything. That's that's when things are good or bad to me. Yeah. In like, you know, you go to plenty of in LA. You end up going to plenty of improv shows or comedy shows or whatever. And Molly and I laughed the other day, and I did very little improv, Mm -hmm. but she did a ton of it. But yet we both are like, oh, I could never Mm -hmm. do that because I'm not. No, I am good, but that was delicious. I will have some a little more ice cold water. You got it. Thank, Thank you. Man. Yeah. Uh this place is great. Right? Uh-huh. But I think that the difference between when it's good and when it's bad is when I mean whether you get a performer or a storyteller that is either just give a fuck about being judged, yeah, or whether they know they're or if they know they're not. Yeah. People sort of show their best or yeah. give their give their best. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean that vulnerability is just
0: And then the audience can feel it. And you know, you've seen I've seen I've, seen, I've a handful of times at, at our yeah. shows, I've seen the audience just that moment where they're like, Oh no, no, he's not. Oh yeah. They're not that's not it.
1: But sometimes I can't ha- relate to this. Sometimes it happens when the performer isn't attaching emotion to it in a way that becomes universally relatable. Sure. I think you can say pretty much anything. I think so too. And if you say because I was in a place of shame yeah. because I was in a place of loss, like grief like whatever yeah. just, and that's really hard because sometimes people don't know. I don't know. You totally. You know when I look back on and certain I, stories.
0: I, I, sometimes at some of our shows it's been me who the audience has disconnected from sure. because I'm either a, an anecdote or yeah. a, like just filling time yeah. where I end up maybe telling a story or something yeah. from my life where I'm not I'm posturing, yeah. or I'm putting up a front, yeah. or I'm putting something on, and yeah. the audience is smart and they can detect yeah. it. You know,
1: they can as detect it as a group. Like, as like a how, hive mind. Yeah, in terms of how genuine it is and how genuine it feels. Yeah, you yeah. can really feel that, which is interesting. I yeah. feel like you've I've come to sometimes some of the best stories at my show have not necessarily been the best story or the most you know finessed storyteller. Yeah, but. Um, there's a vulnerability that excuses all of that, and you're just.
0: What is your favorite story? Oh man! Of all of sex talks, what's your favorite story? That's
1: so And then hard.
0: two-part question: What's your favorite story of yours? Uh-huh. Sub-question: Either, either, uh-huh. a to tell,
1: uh-huh.
0: or yeah, yeah, just to tell.
1: My favorite story. Um, I'm going to go with the first one that comes to mind, because okay. I feel like that speaks to it being Absolutely. perhaps my favorite. I I don't think this is because I've been a longtime fan of hers, but I've been a longtime fan of the actor Mary Holland. Sure. She is a great improviser, a great comedic actress, and um, uh, she makes me laugh when she acts like more than anyone else. She came on the show, and um, I, with more senior performers, I don't like to poke them a lot about what exactly... I asked them for a logline and nothing else. 100%. So I didn't exactly know what she was going to talk about, but I was preparing to just be rolling, laughing, because she's so funny. Yeah. And instead, she told a deeply personal story about an online relationship that she got into with a man um, that lasted a very long time. And the thing, in addition to it being beautifully told... And incredibly vulnerable is that, as she was telling it, she kept saying, "No, that's not true. What really happened is, talk. No, that's not how I felt. How I really felt is." She was editing. Is as as it my favorite?
0: Oh my god! And I yeah.
1: felt it's my favorite because it was so great, but it's also my favorite because I felt um, this gets like a little prideful, but like I felt like I the space allowed her to do that and I was like oh my god like this is this is my dream come true yep for a person like this with yep. a lot of great TV credits like you know people know her yep. she has a lot to lose quote unquote in terms of like people seeing her I felt like that was so I think that shit special. is so smart
0: and like I mean that smart is the wrong word special. but like there's something special to that and
1: I laughed during her performance maybe who knows I don't give a shit I mean and she didn't she I always think, was not like,
0: looking to make me laugh. If the audience laughs, great. If they listen better. Better every time.
1: Yeah. What about your what
0: about for you? Better. What's your favorite story to tell?
1: My favorite story to tell. Or,
0: or what is your what is your go to? What is the one where you're like, oh I have a show and I don't have a lot of time?
1: Hmm.
0: What's my go to?
1: I feel like my go-to story is not my best story. Really? But it's about this time when I was dating this guy who I really, like, really wanted him to like me, and I was in this place where I was feeling very insecure. I had previously just broken up with a guy who was, like, gay, definitely, maybe, probably gay, and so I was, like, with this guy, and I was having some body-conscious issues, and so I put on this um, self-tanner, not knowing that it would make him throw up on me. When he licked my body. I remember that story. Yeah. So it's just—it has a lot of like peaks and valleys, and like has this big crescendo moment, and it's silly and funny, but also kind of vulnerable. But it's—it's not the best, you know. It's—it's just like a. It's a pretty great story, though. It's a go-to. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Some of the hard, some of the, some of the best stories to tell. You know, I told a story recently at a show that was, like, it wasn't even a story. It was just, like, a little bit of, a, like, this is where I am right now. Where I was, like, talking about how, like, essentially I feel, like, in my own... And this is interesting because I don't... So I don't talk a lot about my sexual life now. I'm a married person. Yeah. I didn't, not because I don't think it's appropriate. Maybe because I want to protect my husband. Whatever. But I was talking about... I, like, got into this conversation about the fact that, like... You know, sometimes I feel like I don't exactly know what I want in bed. 100%. And, like, why is that? And What does that look like? And, like, what's going on there and how do I figure that out? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a story about trying to figure that out and what it felt like that was, yeah. like, less a story and more like a conversation, which I feel like is a little bit of, like, the evolution of, of me as host of this show. Where uh... I can be comfortable being like, hey, you guys, here's what's going on with me right now. It's not a story. I mean, it is.
0: But it's yeah, but it's not. It but it's is not. Thanks, man. You're and it
1: doesn't have like a beginning, a middle, and an end. It has a here's where I am right now. And here's where I'm struggling with. And so that when I told that, it felt very mmm, okay, this is something. This is something new. Oh, I like that. This that is something I where think I think I'm going. We
0: also like you give your audience nuggets of things to relate to.
1: Yeah, and I I can um I put on a show of security and confidence as the host that is true uh, true for my past, uh, but that is necessarily true sometimes for the here and now, and I don't want to be, oh, Jessie, she knows everything about sex. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be like that kind of... Um, She's a sex sexpert. I'm not. Yeah. And I don't... I don't want people to not come to the show because they're like, well, I'm not a sex sexpert. I'm not a very sexual person. I'm not comfortable with my sexuality, so that show's not for me. And um, you want to be like,
0: no, yes, it is. Exactly this is exactly the it's show exactly for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah. It, it feels like I've got to do, that's, that's my job. I love it. Moving forward.
0: I love it. When's your next show? It's tomorrow night. That's right. <laughs> Who's your lineup? Who you got? So I'm
1: doing something kind of cool in partnership with a friend of mine who put out a book called Moan. Anonymous Essays About Female Orgasm Holy shit, awesome So for the first time in a long time It's going to be um, all female performers Great And the topic is um, so close So it's about any kind of orgasmic release experience It doesn't necessarily have to be an orgasm I love that Yeah, so it'll be all women And we'll talk about the book a little bit And uh, I think it'll be fun at UCB Sunset. Yeah, Emma Koenig is the writer of the book. Amazing. Well, she's the collector of the essays. Gotcha. UCB Sunset, 1030. Love
0: it. I don't know what I'm going to wear. Come on, you do too.
1: No, Tomorrow go. I'm getting my nose yeah. pierced. <gasps> The podcast. You. These podcast listeners are the first people to know about this, so I'm gonna wear something that matches my new nose piercing. Jesse yeah. Rosen. I know. I, I have to. T- I'll be texting my wife immediately afterwards. <laughs> Text her right now. I am. Yeah. On this very street. I'm so excited for you. Me too. Are you so pumped? Yes. Yeah. Well, I've had a pierce uh, before, and removing it was a big, a big red of mine. That's a whole other story, but I took it out. I think it. You look good in an. Uh, we'll see. With, are we going to do stud or who? I'm going to do stud for now. Because okay. my goal, you have to get pierced like a little CZ. Yeah. Screen, yeah. But I want a tiny gold ball.
0: Oh, I dig it. Yeah. I dig that. So it's
1: a big night for me. God, I'm all
0: about, especially now that I'm 37, I'm going to be 38 this year. Mm-hmm. I am all about recapturing. Yeah. Doing things for my, redoing things for my youth. My youth, youth.
1: right? I'd, you had your gauges, it. I stretch my
0: gauges out again, but your husband hates it.
1: Ew! Who
0: cares? I, know. <laughs> I do. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I did. I re- I re-stretched them yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah. I probably will. All right.
0: See what so you think. It's just trying to relive the glory days. Yeah. yeah. Back to are you? I'm so glad. This is perfect. This is right, great. great.
1: Thanks. Oh my god! Thanks everybody.
0: Go see Sunday Night Sex Talks. Yeah.
1: SundayNightSexTalks.com.
0: Thanks for listening to Tales of Male Folly. If you dug what you heard, please subscribe and/or rate us below. If you hated what you heard, tell us what we did wrong so we can try to appease your unreasonable expectations. JK haters! Tales of Male Folly, the podcast, is a Hat Beard production that can also be found on the Extra Credit Network. It's produced and hosted by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Pippa, and Spotify. Our live shows, produced at various venues in and around LA by me, Tower, with the help of Alex Gradette and Brian Weiss, it's presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles for even more details and where and when to see one of our live shows peep us at www.talesofmalefolly.com or email talesofmalefolly at gmail.com you can also find us on Facebook Tumblr and Instagram but not Twitter Twitter is for trolls and white supremacists we all know that Twitter is dead thanks for listening